0: Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Lori Herstetter.
1: And I'm Ted Zaleski. Lori went on another trip and back to the same place. (laughs) Part of Virginia, kind of of northern Virginia, but down into the, the coastal area. And she did a number of things, but some of them included visiting some bookstores and some libraries. And as we were talking before this, even though she was back in the same area, she repeated none of her visits. Everything that happened was new. something new.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're going to talk some about um, those bookstores and those libraries and you know what Lori did with those few days down in Virginia. So. What do you want to tell us?
0: Mm. Well, I actually want to start with before Virginia. Um, first of all, mm. when you said another trip, that requires maybe a little reference point for people who haven't been listening to the show all along. Good thought. That a while back, and I think that was, well, my trip was in February, so I'm going to guess we probably did the episode in February too. Can couldn't tell you the episode number at the moment, but it was called... Virginia is for book lovers. So uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, you may want to check that out. That is what Ted is referring to. So I went back. But before I tell you about how it was on the return trip, um, the weekend before I went on this vacation, I um, had some time to return to another place that has come up in the show before. And this is a bookstore called the Reader's Cafe. It is in Hanover, Pennsylvania. That is just over the Maryland line. So an easy uh, trip for us. And again, listening to a prior episode, not sure if I remember which one it was, but it was right around my birthday that my sister took me to the Reader's Cafe for the first time. She surprised me by inviting my cousin along who lives in Pennsylvania, um, about two hours away. So I show up to meet her and I got to see my cousin. A Wonderful day and I really like the bookshop. So I knew I wanted to go back and I noticed on their Instagram page that they had an event coming up. It was an author book signing and reading, plus they were gonna have the illustrator. And what really grabbed me about it was the name of the book, Goodbye, Yellow House.
1: I don't think I knew that you knew going in. I, I guess I had the impression oh. that it was, it was just a happy accident. No. You know, and my mind went where you just went okay. with the Yellow House mm-hmm. on your last trip to Virginia. Yeah. One of the things you came back with was
0: <laughs> the Little Blue the Cottage. Little blue <laughs> cottage.
1: <laughs> and now we have... Uh, what was it called, the, the, the Yellow House? It was not just The Yellow House. It was something more, wasn't
0: it? Oh, we didn't have a name. It, the book is um, called Goodbye, Yellow Goodbye, House. Goodbye, Yellow House. Yes, right? exactly, exactly. I have a thing for houses.
1: So now we're looking <laughs> for red and green and purple.
0: Maybe. We'll see. It would be fun to have this collection. Um, I haven't focused my reading on houses as a topic before, except in a, in a very different way. Um, this has come up on an episode or two that um, there was a period in, of time in my life where I was restoring properties. Um, and uh, that, that chapter is closed. But my interest in real estate, my interest in older homes in particular has not changed. Um, if, if I go for a run or a walk, I'm one of those that's going to trip on the sidewalk because I'm looking at houses along the way. I get very distracted. Uh, it's just something that's always been an interest of mine. So when I saw this posting for this event, I was interested because it was clear from the summary that it was about an old house and that there was a story attached. So I was like, okay, well, I've been looking for a reason to go to this bookstore again. And now here's an opportunity to interact with an author who wrote a book that is a topic that I'm curious and interested about. So I Reached out to my sister and said, Hey, are you up for a return trip? And she said, Sure, sounds good. So we get up there, and uh, it was actually a really busy day in Hanover. They had a festival going on, and all of like the downtown streets close to where the bookstore are located were um, roped off. So getting to the bookstore was a bit of a challenge. Um, it's uh, called Snack, I think it was Snack Festival because Hanover is known for Utz potato chips, um, Snyder's pretzels, and I'm probably missing something. So there was all sorts of vendors and food trucks and that sort of thing going on. So it just paints a little picture for you of the atmosphere that was around the bookstore that day. And
1: I'm totally
0: unaware of that. I no oh, idea. I didn't know that there was the Snacktown Festival. My sister's husband actually said to her, and then she texted me on my way up, that be aware traffic's going to be a bit jammed up. Didn't know what we were getting into except that I wanted to meet the author of Goodbye, Yellow House. So I did get an opportunity to do that. It was wonderful. I'm not going to go into great detail because the author, the illustrator, um, agreed to have a a more thorough discussion with us. We're going to set it up to do an interview with them. Um, We're now following them on social media. They are following us on social media, and I'm really looking forward to us lining up that conversation. So that was all before I even left for vacation. So then as I'm preparing for vacation, um, maybe this will tickle somebody's funny bone, that I hadn't packed my clothes But I had packed my books. I knew what I wanted to read on vacation. So I'll start out with that to say the books that I chose to take along. The first one is the one that I did not get to read on vacation. So I'll start there because it's still on the list and it's going to be read at some point called The Alchemist. Okay, before I started um, filling you in on this, you were busy at work writing some notes, and I think you were writing a note about The Alchemist. Was there something that you were going to say about that?
1: Yeah, just it's a book I'm aware of, a book I've, in some vague way, intended to read but have never, never gotten to.
0: So I cracked the book and read maybe the first page or two just to get a taste to decide it was going in the suitcase for vacation. And I will say this, very first impression, and I only read a page or two, uh, is it reminds me a little bit of The Little Prince. Oh, that's interesting. So it may raise a little higher on your list, I'm guessing.
1: And this is a book that Lori just really, really doesn't like, (laughs) would never recommend to anybody, and uh, wishes would just go away.
0: I think you like it as much as I like it. (laughs) True? Yep, it's a good book. It's a great book. So, okay, that's the book I did not read, but I took it along. Also, packed was The Big Tree. So, you read The Big Tree before I read The Big Tree.
1: I did. And this was literally a book and a beer book. (laughs) Um, I was at RAR in Cambridge, Maryland. And I don't think I read the whole book while I was there, but I read.
0: 528 pages. Sounds impressive, but it is, what would you call it? It's a children's book with lots of illustrations. There are many, many, many pages that are nothing but beautiful pictures, and there are pages that are words, but maybe 30, yes. 50 words. Not a typical looking 500 page book. Yeah, it's, it's not heavy reading. No. So... A little backstory. I think this may have come up before, but the author Brian Selznick uh, is the author of The Invention of Hugo Cabret, which is a similar book, 500 plus pages, and a similar look, and that it's heavily illustrated. he's a wonderful illustrator. The visuals are fantastic. And then the writing just kind of pairs up with it beautifully. I think it's a bit unique. I don't think there are a ton of books that I'm aware of that are done in that style. And I really like it.
1: Yeah. And Selznick is somebody I was totally unaware of. Um, Lori mentioned it to me somewhere. I I don't even remember how it came up. Mm But uh, the Hugo Cabrera book you know, it was something she told me about and I, and I read. And then this big tree came to my attention. And I actually found out there's – he has a handful of other books. He does. That I have yeah. not looked at
0: yet. I have one in but, my bag, uh, okay. yes. So as you guys probably know by now if you've watched the show – Uh, studio where we record our episodes is attached to the Westminster branch of the library. So before I came down to record the episode, I went up to pick (laughs) up the next book of his that I will be reading. It's called Kaleidoscope. Um, It's not as long. So I haven't even opened it up. But I just now I'm, I'm definitely a Brian Selznick fan. I like his writing. I love his drawings. And it's now become a vacation book for me. A lot of people take like their beach reads. So for me, the invention of Hugo Cabret was a book that I read in the vehicle on the way to vacation with my son when he was little. So it's a very fond memory for me. I love the book. Um, I've read it again since now that he's much older. So I knew that I wanted to take Big Tree with me on this vacation. Did not read it to my son. We had too many (laughs) other things going on. And I was driving. So uh, it was not happening in the same way but i knew i wanted to continue that tradition by having a Selznick book on my vacation
1: so i read it uh like i said while I sitting at a bar reading this and i don't remember exactly what i said but I, I, I said something to Lori about okay it's good it's not like hugo
0: capre it is different but i like it for different reasons um I I think it's, we've talked a little bit in recent episodes about reading aloud. It is a read aloud kind of a book. Not that you can't enjoy it without that, but if you are a listener and you've got kids and you're trying to fill the summer, this one is a great one to pick up. Really, any of his books are this way, that you could sit with your child Um, It would be an extended bedtime for sure, but you could read this in one evening together, or it would be a lot of fun to make it a chapter book that you read at bedtime over the course of however many nights, depending on how many chapters you take on each night. Um, So I I love it. Uh, There's several titles. So we've already mentioned, and we will put in the show notes, the invention of Hugo Cabret, big tree, I have Kaleidoscope in my bag right now, and then another one which is similar in style and format is Wonderstruck. So, some titles to check out by Brian Selznick.
1: If you if you do check out Big Tree, um, the beginning, it can be a little bit maybe of what what is this about, but just. Keep going. Keep going. Hang in there and mm-hmm. things start to come together.
0: It makes more sense as you get further in. A lot of things get tied up nicely at the end and it takes a little while to figure out where that's all going, but it's um, it's worth it. Hang in there. Okay, well, we're 12, 13 minutes in and I haven't even talked about the vacation yet. So I will very briefly mention the other book that I took along, <laughs> which was Mrs. Nash's Ashes. This is a beach read kind of a book. Rom-com is the category that I would give it. It's about a road trip. So I thought, perfect, I will take this book with me. And uh, maybe more to the point, we are going to be interviewing the author, Sarah Adler. That is to be uh, scheduled, but I knew it was a book that I needed to read. And it just happened to be a book that I enjoyed reading as well. So uh, I got that one done on vacation also.
1: And I have not read it yet. Oh,
0: well, I brought it for you to uh, get your first read. Um, Sort of the approach with interviewing authors, um, Ted's model that I've now followed is three reads. So I've got my first read in. We'll let you get your first read in. And then we'll figure out the date so that we can plan what we want to ask Mrs. Adler. Yep,
1: And no date yet, but this should be coming in the, the
0: near future. I would think so. Okay, so now the actual vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was right? a vacation. <laughs> Where do I begin? Well, Ted already said that I did not go to any of the same bookstores or library locations. I did go to some of the same towns, but there was different things to explore in each of them. So I think I'm going to try to do it in the order in which it happened. So the first town is Kilmarnock. Uh, This is in Virginia. It's on the northern neck area of, of of the state. And, you know, if you get your map out, you'll see the bigger cities that are nearby. Richmond is about an hour north, and Williamsburg is about an hour south. And it's right on the coast and cute little water towns and small, quaint little towns with not a whole lot in the way of bookstores but great food and great people and interesting shops. So I
1: did look at this on the map mm-hmm. and it's right on the Rappahannock River. Yes. And it looks like there's like more a stream than a river but actually goes right through the town. Mm-hmm. So um, I I was looking at this and and thinking, yep, definitely one of Lori's kind of places.
0: I'm a water girl. I love water towns, whether it's beach, river, lake, fountain. (laughs) It doesn't really seem to matter. If there is water, I'm happy. Um, So I didn't actually see the water in Kilmarnock because we focused our efforts on the main street. So it's got a really cute main street area that is not waterfront. Um, we were surrounded by water a lot of where we were. Where we stayed was right on the Rappahannock. So um, we didn't miss out on that. But what we did was uh, we visited an antique store, which is interesting. This has come up for us several times now in our good book hunting trips, that we are finding places other than bookstores to get good book hunting done. And um, antique malls have a bit of a, you know, interesting business model where you've got lots of little vendors and lots of little booths that have a variety of things available for purchase, books being one of them. And I don't think I've come across a big antique store yet that hasn't had a vendor that is exclusively or primarily books. So this was not any different in the Kilmarnock antique shop. Um, it was called the Kilmarnock Antique Gallery. There was a vendor that was nothing but books. And I purchased, hmm, I don't have an exact count, but I want to say five.
1: 75.
0: <laughs> I, not quite. Maybe five or six. And maybe no surprise to you, they were all children's books. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what they all were. Because that's going to come up in another episode. Okay. There's a surprise in there. Uh Oh. Children's books to be continued in a future episode from my visit to the Kilmarnock Antique Gallery. Okay. Okay. I will give you a clue on one of them. Serendipity. I found a serendipity book. Okay. (laughs) That's all I'm telling you. The rest you'll have to wait on. Um. Okay, so while in Kilmarnock, I also visited their local library. It is called the Lancaster Community Library, and it's a restored, well, restored. It is a bowling alley, originally, that has been converted to their library space. I don't think I've heard that before. Right? That's a little different. You would have no idea looking at it that it was a library. I mean, that it was a bo- uh, <laughs> library, bookstore, bowling alley. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's pretty bad if you look at a library and <laughs> don't know it was a
0: library. So um, I was thinking, and, and maybe I just didn't see it, but that maybe they would have like saved, you know, the bowling floor in one section to sort of um, reference that, but I didn't see any indication that it was that. It was only that somebody told me that while I was there. So an interesting look because it's not your typical library design. But also, it not only had a library, it was attached, same building, to their Chamber of Commerce office and a bookstore inside of the library. I did look at that. Did you see it? Uh, Dee's Attic. Dee's Attic, yes. So I felt like... um, you know it's like a gift (laughs) when you walk into a place and not only do you get one of the things that you love but a double dose because what do we do we go to libraries and we go to bookstores
1: so these attic uh exists for the library they sell they sell the books but all the money goes to supporting the library
0: exactly and not only did we get a library and a bookstore all wrapped into one, but they had a big book sale going on. The entire front corridor walking in, entranceway, and all the way down the hall to the children's section was full of books that were a dollar for paperback and two dollars for hardback. So I this, this bought, is where
1: Lori got seventy-five.
0: Books. <laughs> well, be surprised. How many total books did I come home with? I'm going to say 15 to 20. And I say that because they weren't all mine. Guess who bought books on this vacation? Your son. Yes. (laughs) And anybody who's watching, watching, listening to the show uh, knows that he's not a big reader. He was read to by his mother for many, 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 many hours as a child. And now he's not such a book lover. But he loves, and I think, hmm, what's he now need? One? I think he only needs one more. He's read them all, but he had either read his sister's hardback or had his own paperback, and he really wanted to have the complete collection of all the hardbacks for himself. And we found all but one. Not all there that day, but that's where the hunt began for him. So good big hunting my son's style for Harry Potter, and over the course of the week we were there, he got all but one at various places that we stopped.
1: So Lori's son going good book book hunting is a major (laughs) event for
0: her. Mm -hmm. I was a happy girl. Bookstore, library, good book hunting with son. Check, check, check. (laughs) It was checking all the boxes. So what else can I tell you? We did the antique gallery, the library, Dee's attic, bought all sorts of books. And then the next um, big book part of the vacation was in Richmond, very different feel than Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock is a very small town, very quaint, um, two or three streets that we traveled. Richmond is a pretty big city and I'm not a city girl and a bit uncomfortable driving through the city. So we stayed on the outskirts. I don't even know how many bookstores we could have gone to in Richmond, but we spent the whole day there, but didn't actually get into what I would call the city. But we found a really cool bookstore called Book People. And uh, it was a wonderful visit, and they had an interesting story. Similar to some of our other experiences, I have um, contact information for the current owner, a little bit of the backstory on the previous owner, and met some of the people involved in the running of the shop. Um, Again, now we are following them and they are following us and just need to make another connection with more book people.
1: So I did read a little bit about them too. And uh, looked like they had recently moved from one store into a larger
0: store. Exactly. And they've been through a lot of change in recent times. They had um, the owner of the bookstore was their owner for 37 years. And she finally decided that it was time to move on. And i trying to remember how it came up. I mean, I'm not exactly shy. So having a conversation with them was, was not a big deal. But what I'm getting to is about Hello Bookstore coming up. Um, I think it was about their move and maybe something was mentioned about COVID. And I said, do you know about the documentary Hello Bookstore? And he was not familiar, but there were some parallels to their situation and what we saw in that documentary. So I guess we probably should give a little bit of a reminder of that for people who may not have seen that episode.
1: Yeah. And when you do, you probably should go back to your last trip and the book nook and another kind of way of looking at uh, Hello
0: Bookstore. Absolutely. So you want to talk about Hello Bookstore just in summary, and then I'll bring in those parallels. Uh,
1: the bookstore in Massachusetts, I don't remember what, what town. Um, small operation. You know, it was basically the guy who owned the store was the store. Uh, it was all happening during COVID and how he was trying to survive. And, you know, he had certain ideas about what he could and couldn't do. And, you know, people come to the front door and stand six feet back while he handed a book out kind of, kind of thing. Uh, but he had significant concerns about can i survive can this bookstore can continue and there was kind of a side story his daughter would sometimes be involved in the store to some extent but then she had she had a baby yes. during this time right mm-hmm. yeah so there was a, a little bit of family and what else go, goes on and i guess you know as we're talking about this i i don't know what happened? You know, are, are they still in oh, the business? Did we should look through? at that.
0: Yeah. We really should. Because he was a guy probably in his, what's your guess, late 60s, maybe? So, and that's been a little bit of time now. Who knows whether he's still open for business or what happened after COVID kind of cleared up. So yeah. this store, interesting parallels, um, they were going through their change in ownership at the time that COVID was, was happening. In fact, the, the gentleman that I talked to, it's his wife. So I talked to Chris. His wife is Christy, who was not there that day, and is in co-ownership with David. And he's there a lot, helps out a lot. Everybody had been through a fair amount of change. Ruth, the owner, was retiring. They're getting involved in the ownership of it. They're already figuring out their business model, and we're sort of set up for, um, you know, delivering books in a different type of way, getting with the times, and um, so it, it worked out kind of well for them. In fact, he he said that you know for them business is better than ever, and I think that we're finding that that our local bookstores are are doing really well. Um, Post COVID, that people are looking to support local independent bookstores, and they're more interested in um, in having that type of level of service. And um, there was good traffic while I was there, and they have lots of good things going on in their shop. And they also did a GoFundMe type of situation yeah, I to get that through
1: was part of um, the story of Hello Bookstore. Yes, that the the community basically responded in a huge way he was going through. Yeah. And as I recall it, um, I think he, he got enough through the GoFundMe to pay off all the debt that he had, mm. which gave him options for, you know, where do I go from here?
0: Yeah. So they've got a couple of things going for them. Um, they, they ended up in a new space, a bigger space. Um, they get a lot of donations, a tremendous amount of book donations. And actually I I didn't mention that when I talked about the Kilmarnock Library. Part of the reason that they're able to have these attic is because that area is receiving a tremendous amount of book donations too. So it's it's a mixed community age group wise, um, but there is a bigger portion that is starting to become folks that are retiring. So they're downsizing and they're unloading their books and they're putting them in this library. And the library then goes through and decides which ones go into circulation versus which ones go into attic. So that is also a similar thing that happened with the book people is that they get donations all the time. And what's becoming sort of common for us is getting that behind the scenes peek at things so while I was there, Chris took me into the back room and showed me the stacks of boxes that were donations. And from one gentleman, they literally had, you know, the, the uh, paper boxes that you fill for, they're great for packing if you've got a, to move or something. There were dozens from one person. Uh, books for them to go through and then decide how to disseminate into their their offerings in the store. So
1: are they all used books or is it a mix of... It's a mix.
0: It is a mix, but they have lots of used books.
1: And then kind of a side note here, you know, um, know, as Laurie and I have been doing our way through this podcast, you know, the things that keep happening to us and connections we're finding, you know, when we went to see the documentary Hello Bookstore... It was being sponsored by a local bookstore in Carroll County, the Rudolph Girls. We had not connected with them at that point, although Lori, earlier in her life, knew one of the owners for totally different reasons. Mm -hmm. But um, at that event, we ended up talking with them and we interviewed them for Two sisters who own the store. Yes, that was Mother's Mother's our Mother's Day, Day episode. episode. And I'm sure that we'll be doing more things with them
0: in the future. Certainly hope so. They're wonderful ladies, um, love what they're doing. Our community loves their store. We have three and we're so lucky to have each of them. Um, they're all three just really nice people The service is hard to beat. And and I think that's why people are switching to, you know, shop locally because you just get a much better experience. I mean, I've bought books on Amazon. I was in Books a Million and picked up one or two recently. Um, But it's just different. It's different, the feel that you get from a local independent bookstore. Oh,
1: and it's funny when you say different, even among the three of them, although they're all fairly small local stores, Mm -hmm. they they... They're, they're all different. You know, they are, You yes. walk into them and they don't feel like the same place.
0: They really don't. Each has its own sort of, I don't want to say niche, but vibe. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't pick one over another. If, if you enjoy bookstores, you're going to want to go to all of them. And that is basically what we're doing. <laughs> In the geography that we can cover, we are going to just about all of them. So, um after I left Richmond, that was, that was that day. The next day, I believe, was uh, when we went to um, the Matthews, Virginia. So I had been there, but when I was there, I believe it was on the weekend, and so the library was not open, and this time I went into the library. Oh my goodness, beautiful place. So whenever we do an episode, I always post some pictures on Instagram to go along to say, you know, the episode's been downloaded, go take a listen. I really could make every pay, every picture for this post to be about the Matthews Library. It's beautiful. Um, great big old building uh, attached to a, an old bank. It is. It was a bank, But there were two sections of the bank. So the old style, old school look, and then the newer um, extension, which included a drive through that is now enclosed in. So it's, I'm not going to do it justice trying to describe it. I will just say that it was breathtakingly beautiful. So the pictures of that, if you listen to our show, I hope you will go take a look at the photos on Instagram. I may even... Post more than one um, Instagram so that you can get a, a peek at how lovely it is.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting you know, what you're saying here because I did go look at some pictures of that library, and I was wondering. I said this probably wasn't built to be a library. It was. A I said, yeah, you know, was it? Was it a store? Was it a Masonic temple? <laughs> you know, but bank.
0: Yeah, and um, so interesting. Now that we've gone to a fair amount of library branches beginning to draw some of these connections of how you know, spaces have been repurposed into something else. And this one, as old as it is and repurposed is as beautiful just in a different way as the Cecil County um, branch that we went to. Big open windows, lots of natural light coming in, a gorgeous staircase. Like it just, it's got the charm of the newer library that was just built two years ago. It also is taking a similar approach to having divided spaces for the different programs that are going on. So there is a, the children's section is completely separate from the rest of the collection and they had a teen space. So when I mentioned the drive-through section of, of the bank, that's the section that they've converted to be their teen space so it's got skylights at the top and it's a long skinny hallway and it's basically just got workstations set up for teens to do what teens do um really well done there was even even a music room um so just really a, a beautiful place to hang out
1: as Laurie mentioned the sisal County library this is the northeast branch that we yes. went to mm-hmm. and uh, they had done a similar thing the area there was yes. a clear teen area there was a area set up for uh, parents and kids to be able to yes maybe this is a emerging trend in, in, in libraries
0: Yes, yeah, So I missed, they were about to have a book sale themselves. It was going to be the weekend. We were there either on Thursday, uh, probably Thursday, um, no nah, Wednesday. We were there on Wednesday um, and they were promoting the book sale that was going to happen that weekend. So we missed it. But that's another thing that we're seeing libraries do more of is these book sale type of events. Something unique to them, and I don't know how many libraries do this that I really found interesting, is when we were back in the children's section and talking with a librarian in that um, end of the the building, she indicated that, well, it's quiet in here today because the kids are on a field trip, that their summer reading program involves trips to all sorts of places. And she said, last week they did this, and next week they're doing that. And that day they were in Jamestown. So it's an interesting, we talk about community and how bookstores are starting to be community centers. Libraries already were, and some are now expanding that, it seems, to a bigger level that, I mean, I used to go to the book, I mean, to the library as a child, but I never went on a field trip with the library. So that was really cool to see.
1: And next week, they're coming to watch a uh, Two Sides podcast episode.
0: (laughs) Yes, I invited them all to come along. You know that nothing would make me happier to sit and read to a bunch of kids. But no, I didn't quite line that up. But I did make lots of connections with some really interesting people. So I'll be sure to uh, post some pictures of of that beautiful space. And if you happen to be traveling to the Virginia area, all of these places should be on your list of possibilities because it was um, a whole lot of fun and really great people. Okay, so what do we have left to tell you? I think we got to talk about events that are coming up next. We have a lot. So, I think it may have been mentioned first at the Father's Day episode about your daughter's trip. Is that the first time we brought it up on the show?
1: Uh, probably. So, my daughter Monica was on the show with us. Lori told her your. A permanent guest now. Come back whenever you feel like it. <laughs> yes. But, uh, her, I think
0: she should take my spot someday. Yeah. She is really good. She knows her stuff. She knows more about books than I do.
1: Her and her husband are on a trip right now at West, and she is sending me back occasional texts about bookstores and mm-hmm. that she's run into and books that she's buying. Uh, we will have an episode eventually with her to talk about all this. looking forward to hearing about it. I think, I think she enjoys exploring new bookstores in the same, same way that we do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I did an interview by myself with uh, C.W. Charlie Goodyear on the book, um, James Garfield, Radical to Unifier. Uh, it's the podcast team. We're going to be doing a second interview with him which just got scheduled. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, we're going to be interviewing him on uh, August the 6th. Uh, I don't know exactly when we'll post that interview, right. but it'll be shortly after that.
0: It'll be recorded as yes. we're talking to him yes. that day.
1: So um, this will be an interesting thing. We haven't done anything quite like this before where there's an interview being followed up, same interview, <laughs> same book, you know, a little bit later, so uh, we'll have to figure out. You know, what will we recap? What is all new? Where mm-hmm. do we Where do
0: we go with this? There's plenty of ground you did not cover in the interview because an hour is never enough. So there will be plenty of new things that you didn't get a chance to ask him that we now can.
1: Yes, and um, don't know where it's all going to go, but looking forward to to doing it.
0: That same week is day for book lovers with the uh, Carroll County Public Library that you're attending.
1: Yeah, so an annual event here in Carroll County. Uh, this is 11th year, 12th year, maybe. Typically have an author or authors come in. We usually have something from a publisher on what books are coming out. Uh, always a, a fun time. Into a larger venue this year uh it usually sells out pretty quickly sounds like maybe they still have seats available so if you go to the carroll county public library website you can check this out and if you're interested uh, probably still attend
0: yeah that event is on august 9th that is a wednesday Um, it is at one o'clock held at the sykesville freedom district fire department Um, tickets are on sale for fifty dollars It includes afternoon tea and a signed copy of A Shadow in Moscow. Um, It is an event that's been put on um, by Carroll County Public Library and a likely story bookstore, as Ted mentioned, for quite a number of years. And this is a little different approach, um, having it um, as an afternoon tea instead of a lunch. And the author of that book is uh, Catherine Ray. So we'll put the show notes to include the link to that. You still have a little time and there are a few tickets available still.
1: And Ted, from Two Sides to Story, will be available for autographs.
0: <laughs> Everyone just called in and got the last of the tickets just <laughs> like that, Ted. Well, you were on the front of the paper, so you're quite a draw. <laughs> All right. What else is coming up now? That's flash forwarding, but the next ones I think that are bigger events are coming in October.
1: Just stuff happening in October. Probably going to have to take the month off from work.
0: (laughs) I'm sure our boss is happy to hear that right now.
1: So October the 19th is our first anniversary of two sides to the story. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it almost is. Almost exactly really, to it the day. Was the, the 20th. It was we the 21st
0: one.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing a big audience you, episode again.
0: Keep your calendar uh, clear. We want to uh, see you there.
1: Yeah, details still to be worked out. But yes, um, we, we would love to fill this. going to be Ex- Exploration comments. We'd love to fill the room with uh, people to be there to talk about this and where we're going with year number two. Mm-hmm. And then in on uh, the 31st. Halloween. Halloween. No, I am not gonna wear a costume.
0: I am. <laughs> we'll see.
1: <laughs> Could be long sucking.
0: No, see, I don't know if people know this. We've, we've had Joe on the show, who is the tech angel we talk about here at Exploration Commons. But the manager of Exploration Con- Commons, Candace, is a gifted costume artist. Amazing stuff incredible so she does cosplay and her costumes are incredible and i don't know if we can have an event on halloween at exploration commons and not somehow participate so we'll see all right i will wear something <laughs> you can decide for yourself
1: <laughs> okay maybe I'll, I'll have to reconsider what i said but um what we are going to be doing, and this is all literally coming together
0: right now. We're talking.
1: <laughs> um, Lori and I are going to be doing a two sides to story cook-off event of sorts. You know, uh, kind of like some of the cooking shows you may have have seen. This is going to be in collaboration with Exploration Commons and their their uh, commercial kitchen and the programs that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to have an audience with us in the kitchen. I believe this will be 16 people who will also be our
0: judges. And, um, I think four or five of them are going to be judges for the the table. I don't know if we're, we'll, we'll figure out those details, but I believe several of them will be judges that are, um, you know, deciding who's the better cook, (laughs) Ted or Lori.
1: (laughs) That's that's a tough one. And uh, but then there's going to be another room mm-hmm. at Exhibition Commons, where they're going to be watching us on on video. Uh, so we still have menus to figure out and mm-hmm. details to work out and invitation list, but uh,
0: all very exciting. I may have bought a book on vacation to help me with my menu planning. There's another little tease of of what's to come, but I'm thinking about my dish that i will prepare
1: macaroni and cheese
0: (laughs) yeah for anyone who knows that's not on my menu (laughs) i can't eat cheese Uh, so that is not what i'm making macaroni (laughs) it sounds like a winner so if you're not aware of all the things that exploration commons offers their food programs are one of their most popular Um, They do them regularly, and they immediately fill as soon as they're released. So for us to get a chance, because I've been wanting to attend one of their classes, and it's just, you got to get it quick, and I usually can't get there quick enough. The only way that Lori could get into one of the cooking programs (laughs) at Exploration Commons was to be part of her (laughs) own.
1: Yeah, and this, it's interesting how this all came together. Yeah, we kind of, Talked about can we do something in the kitchen? Can we do something with cooking? Mm-hmm. And then, um, Candace, the manager that Lori mentioned, and Nancy, who is kind of the head cooking person, she's amazing. Uh, they they went off and started talking about this and built this whole, whole thing. Yeah, they came back with, all right, here's what we want to do. And we uh, I think, Lori and I were both. Oh wow, that's that was that's a, more than we thought.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to interview Nancy because she's a fascinating person, and thought um, as we've talked to her being here, that um, I wanted to hear about her cookbook experience. So she's you know running food programs here, but she's been published in a couple of different cookbooks, uh, not one of her own, but parts of other people's. And I thought, oh well, that'll be a fun connection between cooking and booking. So uh, it just, that's where I thought we were headed and they had a whole different plan. So if you are an Iron Chef fan or Top Chef or any of those sort of food competition shows, keep your calendar open for October 31st, Halloween. Uh, there'll be some more information coming but you may actually be able to be on site. Uh, with a limited space available. But um, if, if it's your kind of thing, you, you might be able to attend or we may be able to find a way to view, um, record it and see afterwards.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the details to be to work out. out. But yeah. I, I I think there is an idea that this, this will be available to, to watch. Yeah. So you can all see me laying on the floor, all curled up crying.
0: You know, I just don't even picture it going that way I don't know why you seem to think that I have an advantage I I cook a lot of meals I have a teenage boy who eats a lot but a lot of that is done in very quick turnaround time I'm not a gourmet cook not even close to it so don't think it's so unbalanced it isn't you might win I might win. (laughs) Maybe we'll tie. (laughs) No, can't be a tie. Sudden death. death, uh, Yeah, an extra dish at the end with a secret ingredient. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I think that's enough of a taste. How do you like that? (laughs) Of uh, where we're headed in the months to come. And uh, I, I floated the idea before this showed up in our lap of, cooking up uh, season two with two sides. So more to come about what's coming for us in season two as we finish up our first year of the show. So we've got to thank you for being part of it because without you listening, we wouldn't still be making episodes. This is episode 32. Uh, More to come. But for now, thank you for listening
1: and enjoy your reading.